You're listening to Coldo D Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Speak to us through the scriptures today in this time as we listen to your voice as our Roe, our shepherd, God, speak to us, we pray. B'Shem Yeshua, Gali Naiva Avita Niflot Mitorah Techa. Open our eyes to be all wonderful things from your word, from your Torah. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. <laughs> In these beautiful readings of uh, Alex, Alexis, I'm sorry, Alexis Bar Mitzvah portions today, we have trespass offerings, atonement, uh, the blotting out of transgressions, the breaking forth into singing, and uh, a new song. But how does that really happen? How does that really happen? I know, uh, I don't know if the translations were up from Leviticus 5 when she was reading the Torah. Was it up? Great. Okay, good. Well, trespass offering or the guilt offering is the word asham. Let's say asham. Okay, asham. Ashma, actually, here really means to self-destruct. To self-destruct. There should be a... I think think I have it on a slide. Uh, There's a couple. Yeah, yeah. Next one probably would be better. There we go. See, it's the bottom one. There we go. Yes. Asham. Let's say it again. Asham. Those are all... These are five of the the guilt... The the offerings that are are mentioned in this Torah portion today. But think about it. Asham to self-destruct. To destroy one's inner self. Now, uh, payment for debt and damages caused were also included in this offering, this particular offering. There must be an offering we bring to the Kohen, the priest, which he in turn would offer up to God on our behalf. This is what would happen. The trespasser was to bring, in this case, as we read, a ram, a ram. Um, And ayil is the word for ram. You want to try that? Ayil? Ayil is the word for ram, and it means to strengthen. Now, the ram is strong and powerful. Anyone ever get butted by a ram here? I don't think so, but uh, rams are strong and powerful. And uh, the ram without blemish, in this case, had to be ayil tamim, means, meaning a powerful ram. That ram was offered, which is, means it's complete and requires nothing more. Now, there's an interesting passage in Genesis 22 that you may uh, recall where Abraham is offering, about to offer up his son Yitzchak, Abraham offering up his son Isaac, right? And remember what happened? He's about to do this, uh, obey God's command, a very strange command indeed, and, uh, and he hears a voice, Abraham, Abraham. And he responds, Hineni, Hineni, yes, Lord, here I am. Behold me here. And he lifted up his eyes, and remember what he saw? There was a ram, and I yield, just caught in the thick bushes by its horns, it says. So there's this ram caught in the bushes by his horns. And Abraham went, and he took the ram, and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place Adonai Yireh, the Lord will say. Let's say Adonai Yireh, 
And then you're, the Lord will provide, it's often translated, but really it means the Lord will see, which is the provision is, pours a part of that. He will see to it. He will take care of it. We will see him act. And so this is what happens here. Uh, the ram became a substitute in place of Isaac. An atonement was needed. And the Hebrew word for kapo- uh, atonement Kafar is the root. Let's say kafar. Kafar. It means to cover, to protect, to annul as well. Uh, we think of Yom HaKippurim, Yom Kippur, and the Jewish calendar, the annual day of, for, of forgiveness atonement, the, the day when every Jew goes to synagogue, uh, religious or non-religious, almost every Jew goes, uh, no matter how observant or non-observant, uh, we go to synagogue, we go to shul, we go to temple to and seek forgiveness that day, seek reconciliation. And uh, <clears throat> Yom Kippur is, in this course, in Leviticus chapter 16. And so here in the portion we read, it was before the Lord, lifnei Adonai, before the face of God, the, the, the trespasser would be forgiven. Salah, forgiven, means to progress through forgiveness. The restoration of the offender would come and he'd, be, he'd come in, in the favor of God. So how do we find atonement before God's presence? How do we find it? His covering of protection from judgment and forgiveness leading into a new life. Well, Isaiah chapter 53 Aaron Schuh's song just came out on, of that, of Isaiah chapter 53. May it be used to reach many people, and I believe it will, uh, to bring many to know Messiah. It, in verse 10, it says, Yet it pleased Adonai to bruise him. He caused him to suffer. If he makes his soul, the Messiah's soul, a anasham, a guilt offering. So, Here it is, Messiah himself, the Messiah, this is written, of course, seven or eight hundred years before ever Jesus was, you know, came, uh, was born and and walked the earth. He self-destructed, if you will, so that we don't have to. Messiah became our payment of both debt and damages that we caused to save us from self-destruction. That's what all this means. That's what he did. The prophecy in Daniel chapter uh, 9, what's often called the 70-week prophecy of the Messiah, which is a whole great class in itself, 70 weeks are decreed, Daniel 9, 24 through 26, are decreed concerning your people and your holy city to put an end to transgression, to bring sin to an end, and here's that word, kafar again, kippur, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness until the time of Messiah the Prince, it says. And it, then it mentions that the Messiah will be cut off, and then it says in the Hebrew, ve'en lo, but I translate that clearly, to me translated, not for himself. Not for himself. He's cut off, but not for himself. So forgiveness has been provided through the atonement of Yeshua, Jesus, who became our trespass offering, our powerful ram, if you will, covering, protecting us from destruction. And so if you have never done so, 
I urge you to cry out to the Lord for that offering, for his forgiveness, uh, to place your trust in Messiah, in Yeshua. That's what it's all about. That's where life really begins as a believer. Now, the origin of the bar or bat mitzvah was first recorded in the 13th century, or others say the 15th century. So it's not, it hasn't been around forever. It's not biblical, a biblical uh, uh, custom. And it could have been in France. It supposedly was in France maybe the first time. A boy of age 12 or 13 would now become responsible for his own actions. A bat, the first bat mitzvah did not exist until the 20th century. Did you know that? So for girls, it was much later. It's only, it's only recently, in the last century. A year or more of learning and preparation. As Jeff said, uh, there's so much studying the Hebrew, learning Hebrew. It's not just a matter of saying a, uh, saying a, you know, a simple prayer or, or asking for a blessing. It, there's study at least a year that goes into it of le- preparation and learning the portion. The only mention of someone at that age in the Tanakh, in the Bible as a whole, is Genesis 17.25. And here's what it says. And Ishmael, Abraham's son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. So that's dealing with Brit Milah, with circumcision. And, at the, and uh, again, another whole subject. The Talmud and various Midrashim uh, commentaries indicate that by early medieval times, the age of 13 was the time when a Jewish boy was considered to be obligated to observe the commandments of the Torah. This is often phrased as the time when a bo- the boy, quote, becomes a man and remains, or in this case, the girl, a woman, the, and remains the meaning of becoming bar mitzvah among religious Jews. For those who are more secular, as I grew up, much more secular, it represents a coming-of-age ceremony at which it is hoped that the child's attachment to Judaism will continue and deepen in the future. So it, these are the meanings it really has. And it's, so it's different for Jews, Jews depending on their background, but it's an important, important step. <clears throat> Also means getting a lot of money. I got a lot of money again. <laughs> in, 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 in um, <laughs> very many cases. In the first few centuries CE, 12-year-old girls also became responsible to perform the commandments, along, although they were obligated to ser- observe many fewer ones than the boys. However, no comparable ceremony for girls existed until, as I said, the 20th century. Now, we do have an interesting passage concerning Jesus, Yeshua, at 12 years of age. In, it's in, um, where do I have it here? It's in Luke chapter 2. Listen to it. It says, now the parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of, of the Passover, Pesach. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, 
as they were returning, the boy Yeshua stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, because there were so many people, they were all together, they went a day's journey uh, but then they began to search for him. Can you imagine with child abductions today and human trafficking, how scary it is? I, I mean, any parent knows. I know when we lost our children, like just uh, in a in a, a mall, uh, ever, that ever happened? And, you know, just for a, just for a minute or two, and you're oh my goodness! I mean, your heart your heart almost dies when you well. But this happened, and they began to search for him among the relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, it says they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. I'm sure frantic, we can imagine, frantically. And after three days, it says in Luke chapter 2, 41 through 47, it says after three days they found him in the temple, in the temple, sitting among the teachers listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding, it says, and his answers. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there? Can you imagine? Listening to, watching him, listening to him. He's under, and, then, and then he's giving answers at 12 years of age and, uh, and hearing, hearing, hearing from, they're coming from, from God and from wisdom. The fact that the age of 12 is specifically noted may suggest that it was a transition age even in the first century. Now Josephus in Antiquities uh, 10, I think it's 10, 4, that, uh, 1, whatever, anyway, he says of King Ammon, and when he was 12 years old, he gave demonstrations of his religious and righteous behavior. For he brought the people into a sober way of living and exhorted them to leave off the opinion that they had of their idols because they were not gods but to worship their own God. Josephus likewise speaks of Samuel in Antiquities 5. Now this isn't scripture, but it's Interesting writing of Josephus. He says, now when Samuel was 12 years old, he began to prophesy. For us as Messianic Jews, Jewish believers in Jesus, it means a commitment to continue in attachment to the Lord first and foremost. To following Yeshua as his disciple of the word of God. This means attachment to your Jewish heritage, to your spiritual messianic family, which cannot be separated from the former. It all begins with the Lord, with him. We will love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength in Deuteronomy 6, 5, as we read every, recite every, every time with the via hafta. In John 8, 31, Yeshua said to the Judeans who had trusted him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. Acts 2 mentions they were devoting themselves to the teaching of the the apostles and to fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayers. And every day, it says, the Lord was adding to their number those being saved. Hebrews 10, 25 says, and don't 
Do not neglect your own meetings, the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. Do it even more, even more, it says, as you see the day, the day of judgment coming, approaching. Now, I want to say I am personally in favor of having a similar ceremony for non-Jewish boys and girls of this age who are joined to the Messianic Jewish community. We may wish to come up with a different term for it, or maybe not. But, as Jeff mentioned, it takes much, it's, it's a commitment to studying Hebrew, to learning Hebrew. It's a commitment to learning portion. But we are one body. We are one family. And uh, publicly celebrating and proclaiming the, their, a person's, a child, a boy or girl's faith in Yeshua and commitment to God's spiritual Messianic Jewish family. One body, one family. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? And the answer is by guarding it according to your word. The word na'ar in Hebrew is, it can be used of a wide range of age. For as we've met, taught before, it can be a, from a young adult uh, to, uh, to, you know, to a child or to a young adult. Uh, from Gen Y to Gen Z. How, how old was David? Let's ask, how old was David when he went up against Goliath? I want you to think about that. How old was he? We wonder. I wonder how old he was. How old was Miriam, Yeshua's mother? Or the, how, uh, or the mother of Moses when she rescued Moses? How old were they? We sometimes want our children, we say, we say, they don't need to be responsible to a much older age. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It can begin quite young. And how about beautiful Esther? Young, beautiful Esther. How old was she? And how about, I love this story, the boy who guided Samson's hands on the pillar supporting the Philistine temple. In Judges 16, remember that? He said, guide my hands to where they are. And that, how he was used, how that boy was used to guide his hands to, to the pillar to destroy the Philistines. Joseph, we know, was young. And then how about the lunch boy, as they call him, <laughs> providing the lunch which fed 5,000 I think it's 5,000 men plus women and children. So many people, thousands of people, several thousand. Andrew, brother of Simon, Peter said, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish in John 6, 9. That boy was greatly used. And now I want to show you a few slides that had me, had me weeping last night of our son, Samuel. God used our son, Samuel, to bring and somehow solve a water kind of crisis when he was in Zimbabwe. He used him. There's others have shared that story and how much it meant to them and how God used him. He wanted to return. His desire, it changed his life, and his desire was to be able to return and, and help and, uh, and, and do that. God didn't allow that, and God's purpose prevails. We, we trust we trust, have to trust God's purpose. Uh, I have another song I'm actually writing, and it's half written. Um, just have to take the time to finish it. But um, 
eye has not seen nor ears heard. Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart. Anyway, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And, and, uh, but God uses the young people and, and no age is, can be too young and no age can be too old either. Young Jeremiah, remember Jeremiah was told, he said, don't say, God said, don't say I'm just a boy. Jeremiah 1.7, don't say I'm too young. Can't, you got, don't say that. How old were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Remember. How old were they when they were in the furnace? How old? And the last short mention, one I would mention is a young Jewish girl, a refugee girl, if you will, serving Naaman's wife, Naaman's, Naaman's wife, in 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man in his master's sight and highly esteemed because through him Adonai had given victory to Aram. Though the man was a mighty man of valor, he had tsarad, uh, he had, whether it was leprosy or some other skin disease, he had an incurable disease. And Aram had gone out in bands and had taken captive a young girl from the land of Israel. So she served Naaman's wife, it says. And then she says to her mistress, she said, if only my Lord went before the prophet who is in Samaria, then he would be cured, he would cure him of his tzarat. So Naaman went to and told his master, saying, thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of of Israel. God used that Jewish girl to convey, to communicate the answer for Naaman. What is important before God at the age of 12 or 13 or 20, the military service that was the age of military service in ancient Israel, today in Israel, what age is it? Does everyone know? It's a 18, at 18 today, right? Um, and uh, everyone serves, men, boys, guys, and girls in, in military service in Israel. Uh, when I was with Aaron, the other, Aaron and David the other day filming this thing, little thing for uh, breaking the mats and stuff, for, uh, but it was on Samuel's table, which meant a lot, a lot to me, a table that Samuel had. And... Uh, filming for his Isaiah 53 song, which just was released, the video, uh, David video. But uh, we were uh, doing that, and um, Aaron's son was with him, and he had his, his Krav Maga hat on, or his Israeli military hat. He's taking Krav Maga. Take Krav Maga. It's a great, great self-defense uh, martial arts. It's what we use in Israel, and everyone learns in the, in the military there. Uh, it's, it's really, really good stuff to take. Um, what are we responsible before, before the Lord? What are we capable of? I want you to think about that. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself, whatever age you are. Don't limit your son and don't limit your daughter. Don't limit them of what they're capable of. 
John, 1 John 2 says, I write to you young men, just applies to young women just as much. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the evil one. He mentions, I've written to you children, you've known the father, I've written to you fathers, different, age, different categories, because you've known the one, wisdom, you've known the one who is from the beginning, the experience and the wisdom of age. And he says again, I've written to you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Paul wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, be strengthened in the grace, my child. Be strengthened in the grace that's in the Messiah that you've heard from me. And he tells them to entrust it, entrust it to faithful people and to me who will be able to teach others. And then he says, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Messiah. And then he tells him, he talks about being an athlete. He says, if you compete as an athlete, you have to compete. You don't, you be, you're not victorious unless you compete according to the rules. Then he mentions the hardworking farmer ought to receive the first share of the crops. He says, consider what I'm saying for the Lord will give you understanding in everything just like Yeshua's understanding at the age of 12 years old, perhaps. So whatever your calling is, whatever God would lead you to direct you to do, whether you're an artist or an entrepreneur, a mediator or an innovator, an architect, a healthcare provider, whatever God puts in your heart, protector of our nation, and our constitution and laws. If Listen, if you're called to be a missionary, to go out, whatever term you want to use, to shaliach, to go out and to reach, don't compromise, don't say no, don't say, don't say it can't be done. Listen, excel in whatever it is for the glory of the Lord for, and for Yeshua. Whether you're at the age of 13 or 30, whether it's 12 or or 90, it doesn't matter. Listen, do what the Lord has put in your heart. And uh, he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who announce peace and announce salvation. If God's called you to go into all the world, Yeshua said, told his disciples, go into all the world. There's no greater calling than that, no higher calling than that to bring others to no, the knowledge of salvation. But whatever the Lord has called you to do, do it with all your might. Do it well and bring forth fruit for his glory. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day, this wonderful day. We thank you for what we've been able to witness today in Alexis, Bat Mitzvah. We thank you, Lord God, for what we've been able to hear from your word and, wor and worship to you together. Lord, thank you for your hand in our lives. Thank you for the people you have used. And thank you, Lord, for the season that you use us for, Lord, because we, we each only have a season. So help us be fruitful. And I would ask you, let's, let's just, just ask the Lord right now as we close. Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, is there something you have called me to do that maybe I've neglected, put it aside. Maybe I've said, ah, it's too late. It's too late. No, it's not. No, it's not. Maybe you've said, ah, just, I'm not really capable. 
Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Whatever it is, whatever it is, Lord, help us be, be that vessel, that instrument, that vehicle for you, for you, to bring glory to you. Offer ourselves a living sacrifice to you in Romans 12.1, B'Shem Yeshua. And contact us if you're praying to receive, to give your life to Yeshua today, and you're doing it right now, please contact us, let us know. We want to be there for you. We want to help you in any way we can to help you grow in the word of God. B'Shem Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. We just bless your people. We thank you, God, for your your gracious hand upon us, your protection, Lord, your blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. The Amen. Shabbat shalom and come up for prayer if you need prayer.